Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you today as we do our sermon review. This will be the third time we reviewed this same sermon because it took three weeks <laughs> to get done. Uh, once, but we're grateful. Yeah, once wasn't for that. my fault necessarily. The other times were. Uh, but continuing our series on God's generosity, how he has shown his kindness to us in creation. He's shown his kindness to us in Christ uh, through our Savior. Even though our response to God's generosity was to sin, was to turn our back on him, he provided a way for us to be in a right relationship with him through the blood of his son. Uh, and then that plays out in different ways in our life, obviously. If God is kind and generous to us, we obviously rest in that. We find our hope in that. But when God saves us uh, by his grace, it does then impact how we should then live. It, there should be, you know, it's probably some change in our life. And this is for everybody. And the change could look different all the way from people maybe who were saved out of just some horrible situations all the way to the church kid who was saved when he was 14 and been in church his whole life. There still is a is a change that happens and takes place. And, and so the Bible does tell us how we then live and how we respond to God's generosity and how his generosity impacts how we are generous. And so we've talked about that within the family uh, unit. Pastor Scott did that. And then we've been, for the last three weeks, talking about in the church family uh, and what that looks like. And so one of the analogies that we looked at was we are the body of Christ, and so we serve one another. That is what we do. Christ serves us, and one of the, one of the primary ways he, he will serve us is through each other, uh, that we love each other and that we care for each other. That's why he talks about the, the body. We all have different parts and different uh, roles within the church. Uh, none are more important than the other. We all serve together. And the body is is nourished and feels feels good as we all serve serve together with Christ being our head. Uh, but that's an analogy. What we talked about the last couple of weeks has been the fact that the Bible speaks of the church as a as a family, as the family of God, not like a family, but we we are the family of God. Uh, that is who we are, and so we need to start viewing ourselves as the family. Now, a lot of this uh, sermon this past week was talking about what we had talked about the week before, before we had to cancel church early because of a medical thing that was happening. Uh, but just family's important in our lives. We would all say that. We all know that. We we love our family. We devote our time to our family. We devote our money, our resources to our family. Our lives are centered around our family, and rightfully so. I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing or a bad thing at all. Uh, it's a, that's a good thing. Uh, but the Bible does speak, though, as the, the church family, and so we should have the church family should be a central role in our lives as as well. And as we said in the sermon, God's kind kind enough to us that oftentimes our earthly family is a part of the church family as well. Maybe not our whole extended family and everything, but many of us are blessed with family members who are part of our our church family here, which is a great blessing. But then, what? So how does that play out? How, how if we are a church family, what does that what does that look like then? What does what does that mean? And so we really talked about some of the difficulties I think we see in church culture today. And that is just the fact that for many people, church is just an add-on. It's something that they add on to their life to make their life better or to increase their value in life. And and so they don't see church necessarily as a necessity. It's just a, a bonus. It's just something good maybe to make them feel good or to help them to achieve the 
the best them, you know, right now. And, and so that's how they use church. It's just a convenience thing. And so if they walk into a church and they're just not feeling that, like you're not giving me something, they'll look for a different one or they just won't go all together. Um, but the problem with that way of thinking is that's not what the church is. That's not what we're here for. That's not what we're doing together. Don't get me wrong. Christ blesses us and, and there are great benefits, uh, with salvation and everything else. Uh, but that that's that's a wrong way to look at the at the church. This isn't a convenience based thing. You can't just come and go as you want. You can't just help. You're not supposed to just help when you want, give when you want, talk to just the people that you want within your church family. It's because we are a a family. And when we when we approach church that way, then we fail to minister to each other appropriately. We fail to minister how we actually are intended to. Uh, and so we have to be we have to be careful with that because God has blessed us with with a church family, and I'm I'm guessing most of the people listening to this go to our church, which is great. But no matter what church you go to, if it's a good biblical church, like a solid church, I'm not saying it, if it's a heretical church, I, you need to get out of there. But if you have a you know a good church, God's blessed you with that, and different people are going to have. Different advantages, let's say, in the church. Some churches are going to have pastors who preach evangelistically most of the time. And so one of the complaints you might hear in the church is, I'm not getting fed you know, meat. It's not deep enough for me. But when you look at this pastor, right, the pastor's been there for a while. He loves the people, obviously. He cares for them. And, yeah, his messages tend to be more evangelistic. But you've still been blessed with that, with that church family with that pastor and with the people in your church that you might run a hundred people and you think my church is too big. That's church still needs to be a, a blessing to you. It should, you should see it as a blessing or you might think my church is too small. Again, we are placed where we are by God. We saw that uh, when we did the, when we talked about us as the body of, of Christ in first Corinthians 12 verse 18, there's a reason God puts us where we are. And, we thank God for the blessing of having church families. And one of the, I didn't talk about this much yesterday, but one of the things you experience being a part of the, of God's family is also when you leave your local church family and for travel or for whatever it might be, and you go to another church when you're gone to worship. Now, while that's not your local church family, which I think is very important, there still is like, and Sinclair first talked about this, there's still some common traits of the family when you go to this other family, right, is you're going to see some commonality. Again, if you're going to an appropriate church, you're going to see the Word of God being read. You're going to see prayer happening. You're going to see them talking about the Trinity. You know, you're going to be reading God's Word together. You're probably going to sing a couple songs together. You might not know exactly how their service flows. It might be different than your service. The people might look nicer, might not look as nice, whatever it might be, but you you will notice common family traits, right, together which shows the whole family of God, uh, which is another great blessing, right? No matter where I go, uh, don't, now some people say there's probably parts of the world you can go and there's not a Christian there, probably. I'm not saying that, but <clears throat> for the most part, the places I go, there are churches that I could go to and feel completely comfortable in knowing this is this also is my family. You know, They're not my close family, like my church family that God has given me, that I've covenanted together with, Uh but they are still family, and that, again, is a blessing of of God, part of us not being alone or being forsaken, right? His church stands. The, the family of God continues to stand, and, and we're thankful for that. So this week, and this is what we can talk about, 
was trying to get a little bit of application in. So if we are the body of Christ, and if we are called to be generous within the church family, this being our family, how does this play out? And I'm sure there's more uh, that could be mentioned. I just I just did five of them. Um, but we, we can talk about that, and you guys can add to it if you would like to. Uh, feel free. But the first one was, if we are a family, we need to assemble together. And the key to that is for worship. We assemble together for worship. The church doesn't just assemble together to hang out, even though there's nothing wrong with that. I encourage that. We'll talk, we talk more about that a little bit. But the number one thing as a church that we do is we assemble to worship together. We worship God. And so I read out of Hebrews uh, chapter 12, but also chapter 10, chapter 10, talking about not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Hebrews 12, talking about how you come not to, talking about like not the not the mountain where the Ten Commandments were, where there was fire and smoke and all this. No, you come to Mount Zion. You guys come together to worship with all the angels gathered together, gathered to worship together. And, and so I think we would be remiss to pass by how important uh, what we do Sunday morning, uh, worship together. It's an important aspect of what we do as a family. It's it's the vital thing that we do. It's what you need to be here for. I'm sure in our families we have those types of things too. It's like, you know, it's okay if you miss this. It's okay if you miss this, but you don't miss this, right? You're here for this, whatever it might be. And uh, that that's our Sunday morning worship gathering uh, because we are worshiping. Christ is here. The Holy Spirit is here with us. And God has called us and ordained us to come and to do what we do on Sunday morning. Now, again, it can look different than other churches, but for the most part, we're reading the Word of God, we're preaching the Word of God, we're singing the Word of God, we're fellowshipping together, we're praying together, we take Lord's Supper together, we have baptism together when we have that. And it is the special time that God has given us as a family. And so I would say it's vitally important for us. What do you guys think of that? All right. Good talk. You guys are on fire. (laughs) On fire today. I think... um, I'll talk first. Just say amen, and we'll move on. (laughs) Just say it. Amen. Let your yes be yes. (laughs) I do think, I mean, like, obviously, when other people go to other churches... They're not going to have the quality of pastors that people have here. Um, <laughs> and so that was your I comment? I think wow. they <laughs> should not. Don't hold that against um, those other, other churches. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be as funny as I am or um, maybe, you know, have as many jokes that fall to the ground as I do. But um, uh, like this one, like this one. <laughs> It's like a shotgun approach right now. Something's gonna That's get what it. I do. That's what I, I take the Gatling gun approach. I just keep, you know, I hammer them out, and then hopefully something hits, and it, it hits you right there. One of the things I've thought about is um, how, because you were talking, Tim, about uh, the local church, our, this this local congregation, and uh, but also the relationship with that, with the the, the universal whole church. And... I think one of the things I've thought about is how, um, what's that relationship? And the reality is, is our local family here is a, I'm going to use the word manifestation of the universal church. It's one instance, one particular instance of the universal church of all ages where and those saints are in heaven right now. There's also saints here on earth and those saints are around the world. 
But you can't experience the, the, the temptation can be then, well, then it doesn't matter if I go to this church or I can go to any number of different churches. But the way God has designed it is you can't experience the universal church without the local church. So you can, oh, that was me scratching on the table there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can't experience the universal church apart from being a part of a local family, because whenever you're part of the local family, you actually realize what it is to be a part of the universal church. Because we have a tendency to think, uh, I, I don't need, you know, I don't want to be so isolated to this individual family. I can join with any number of churches and just go around and hear the messages because we all have the same God and Father. We all have the same Lord Jesus Christ. And that is true, but you're actually not going to be able to experience the depth of what it is to be a Christian in a universal sense if you're not a part of a particular family. For instance, um, we would think it's wrong of a guy who says, you know what? I just love marriage so much, I'm going to get married like 15 times. We'd say, no, you, some people do that. And some people do that, right? Yeah. They're just like, I love marriage. <laughs> and I and I so value it so much, I want to be a part of 15 different marriages. And we would say, that's that's not actually showing a high value of marriage. You show a high value for the institution of marriage universally by being faithful to one partner in a marriage relationship. So when it, so we actually, in that instance, the universal concept of marriage is actually highlighted by a particular marriage that you are engaged in. So we would never say that, well, yeah, you, since you're a big fan of marriage in general, just go and marry whoever you want all the time and engage it, be, be a polygamist or whatever. No, we would say you show, you're actually experiencing and enjoying and uh, showing forth um, the power of marriage, uh, the universal idea of marriage in a particular relationship at one place at one time with one person. And I think there's a similar kind of a faint analogy that can be made for church life. You're actually not, you're actually going to miss out on what it is to really experience the whole life of the church whenever you're bouncing around to any number of different families. And sometimes that's okay, like on vacation or whatever, but like as a normal practice, um, I think that's that's something I've I've put some thought I've thought about is how we we experience the universal church in a local context, and you you just can't you just can't not do that, um, and I think that should really comfort us is um, is so when we sink our teeth into a local congregation a local family, um, the the hope is that we're actually becoming better universal Christians by being more local, not the other way around. I don't know if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and, and I think that you know. Paul, and you mentioned this, um, I think, in your sermon, Tim, you know, he would write to the church in Galatia, you know, or the church in Thessalonica. And there was they were house churches, right? We know that. And and then they would have their own individual, you know, uh, community, household of faith, as he mentions in Galatians. And, uh, and they would be, that would be their, their ecclesia, their church. And then maybe... I think there's one book, you might have it, Scott. I think I saw um, When the Church Was a Family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might reference this. There's another book that references that there might have been, you know, times where they would collaborate, where the house churches would meet together in a larger, you know, um, a larger forum, if you will, um, whether when one of the letters was read. But they all met, or they were, they all had their individual 
households, right? And they had pastors and and so forth. And so I think you're right. They were part of a universal. They were part. We're we're a part of the church in Rome or in Galatia or Galatia. But this is our little. This is our house church. This is our household. This is our community. And that's what they would identify with, even though they understood we're part of a bigger. So I think you're right. It's it's not one or the other. It's both and. And our household or our our local church is what makes us part of the universal church. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> we see the importance of worshiping together and why we we come together for that. Um and it, there's a lot that can be talked about with that that we just didn't have time for of the role of pastors and other just other positions and coming together uh, covenanting together what that exactly means that's maybe for a different time to talk about but but again the importance of worshiping together that's why I put it first that that's the first thing that we that we do together as as family this is what this is how people know us this is what people see of us is that we gather together to worship god and to worship our lord and savior jesus christ one of the things that you were talking about in your sermon is how that can become a burden like it's it's seen as a burden to people to do that like to have to gather together yeah just yeah just church family life in general oh in general can become a burden but yeah that you know where we and I tried to be honest, so where even in our family life, we can start to see good things as burdens, things on the schedule, you know, and it's like, man, another thing on the schedule and how we have to, we have to <clears throat> tell ourselves and remind ourselves that these are good things. Now, if there's things on our schedule that aren't good things, we need to get rid of it. But um, like I had mentioned, you know, if you're going to a birthday party for someone in your family, that's a, that's a good thing mm-hmm. that you get to celebrate their birthday together. Uh, especially if it's a first birthday. I mean, that's, that's their first that's one. That's ridiculous. But anyways, yeah, sure. Uh you know what I mean? And sometimes we see it as burden, but we shouldn't. And I think a lot of times that translates to church life as well, of, of even for your most faithful people. We come to church every week, but there's definitely times where it's like, oh, man, Sunday. And it feels kind of burdensome um, or whatever it might be in the in the church life. And I just get, we have to be careful to not let that keep going, you know, and to seek God in that and to ho- hopefully be reminded that this isn't a burden. This is a good thing. And yeah. That's happened to me plenty of times on Sunday morning. You know, you come in and it's rush and activity and you're you're thinking about things you need to do. But then what God does for you in the service is he recenters you and reminds you, this is why you're here. Yeah. And then you're able to worship and then you're thankful that you were there. Yeah, I think something that you said was just very helpful is just a reminder that it is okay for you to pray to God and ask him to change your heart. Yeah. Right? I'm like, Lord, I know that this isn't supposed to be a burden, but it is right now. Would you please just change my heart so mm-hmm. that I don't see it like that? Yeah, you know, like I help mean, me properly yeah. prioritize my life. Think about how common it is now for people to get married and they don't want kids. Why? Because kids are burdens. Why mm-hmm. do they think they're burdens? Because a lot of people treat their kids as burdens. Yeah, inconvenience. <laughs> well, because yeah. to, in all honesty, they are. Yeah, you in know, a way, they, they are. Right. You know, there are a lot of work. No sense to lie about that, but it's also no no sense to see that they aren't good for us. Right? It's right. not part of God's design mm-hmm. and what you're created to do to be fruitful and to multiply. <laughs> right. But yeah, but I just saying we walk around with like a negative connotation yeah. of that burden instead yeah. of it being no. I'm glad I have this. I'm glad this is part of my life. God has been good just in this. So worshiping together. The second thing was time, spending time together. I think this is the hardest thing for most people here at Menor Missionary Baptist Church. You know, we we boast of a membership of two thousand and some, but on Sunday morning we're going to have three to four hundred here. It's like where are the others? What what's happening? 
And some of them, legitimate excuses, you know, whatever. Like we talked about, some people are on vacation, some people are sick, uh, some people had a work thing that they forced them out of town, whatever it might be. There's there's legitimate excuses for sure, for sure. But a lot of times, uh, it's not about a legitimate excuse. It's just I want to spend my time a different way. There's something else I want to do, or they believe they have a legitimate excuse, but it's not a legitimate excuse. Uh, it's gone too far. It's something that maybe was good. And now it's actually not healthy because it's just robbing of time. And this is just on Sunday morning. Uh, those who come on Sunday morning, I said this to them, you know, 1030 to 1145. There's plenty of people who come on Sunday morning and say, this is the only time you're getting for me as the church. That's it. You know, and we definitely have other times that we meet together as a church planned Sunday evening, Sunday school at nine, Wednesdays as well. And we encourage people to be there as we're getting together purposefully. But there's plenty of other things that happen in the life of the church, too, that involves time, taking care of one another, loving one another, being there for one another, all these different things that many of our church members do, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, But I think each of us individually need to ask ourselves when it comes to our time, how well are we handling our our time right? uh, when it comes to the church family? Are we looking for excuses to not go, to not be a part? Uh, I think we might have said this last week, right, with the youth, like when you do a sign-up. They never sign up. They never sign up. And it's like, I know 45 of you are going to be here. And I can almost tell you which 45. But why do they not sign up? Because there might be something else. They just don't want to submit that they're going to devote this time to here in case something better comes up. And that's a problem because as family, that's not how we function. You're never going to get married if you tell the girl, we might do something Friday if my friends don't come up with something better first, right? She's not going to stay with you. You're not going to have a girlfriend. Uh, that's just not how it functions and how it works. And and one, because that's, that's not right. That's rude. And so as a church family, we need to be willing to spend time together. We've been bought with the blood of Christ. We have been brought together. And so if we're going to grow in Jesus together, the Bible says we have to do it together. I can't do it on my own, right? I can't, I can't be off. Like kind of how Spencer was saying, I can't, I can't just go and bounce from church to church and say, I'm going to get fed. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. That's not how God designed it. He designed it for you to be a part of a church family, to sit under pastors, to sit under their preaching. And a lot of times, quite honestly, like when you're doing a series, if you pop in on day seven of a series and you miss the first six, you've missed a lot of what's happening and what's going on. And you could definitely take it wrong of what's being said, right? And so it's important to to be here uh, for all of that. I think another element of that that maybe we haven't just said explicitly is that the the time outside of a Sunday morning mm-hmm. is so important because the way that God shapes you through the church definitely happens on Sunday mornings, but there's a lot of that that happens outside of Sunday mornings within the relationships. And I think that's the part that we just haven't said explicitly is that you're part of a local church <clears throat> committed long-term over time. What that does is create relationships. I had somebody come to me after church and say, you know, you were talking about that. He goes, I didn't even think about this. He goes, but Monday night we had people over to our house to watch the Lions and it was nine church members together. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. You, know, you guys were with your church family, and to them it wasn't even like a church event. It was just, these are the people I, I like and love, and so we're going to get together and watch mm-hmm. the Lions dominate on Monday night. Which they It really was a sacred event really um, yeah. we we took the lord's supper together we did in the form of cheese bread <laughs> no um. but 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 that was like one person and i guarantee there's others who when they think like i had mentioned i know i know of women who get together and go up north and they shop and they joke about it you know they're like oh we're just women going to shop and i'm like yeah but you guys love each other and i'm grab I'm glad you do it. Don't invite me. You know, it's part of the family. I don't want to. Yeah, but like what you were saying, <laughs> do this event. Yeah, but bring what's, our pastor. On what's the able to be present in that are relationships. Yeah, right. Real relationships yeah. with people. Whereas, like, if you do just kind of bounce from church to church to church, it's not just that you're listening to one sermon by a pastor over here. You're listening sure. to one someone over here. It's no, no. That's there's something even. Yeah, I, I hesitate to say deeper because there yeah. is something very important happening on Sunday morning. But there is something deeper that you're missing, and it's the key of Christian discipleship, yeah. which is relationships, yep, that fellowship with yep. people, mm-hmm. and that's that you're missing that, right? I think in a lot of ways, one of the dangers we have is we bring in, um, we are always with our schedules or with our lives or with our jobs, we're trying to quantify everything, and so what I mean is, we think about church, for instance, with sermons, it is just a data dump. Mm-hmm. You hand me information so that I can take and improve my life. That's actually not what a sermon is. It's actually not what the worship service is all about. And so whenever you start talking about pouring your life into relationships, people are starting going to people start start to wonder automatically um so how do I have, like like how do I quantify that? How do I measure that? And what we're saying is there's a lot of stuff that's going on here that you can't measure. You can't count this. It's just the way God set it up. It's kind of like you don't run your family, or I hope you, well, I shouldn't say that. Many people do run their families that way. Um, uh, but you you can't quantify um, church life. You can't quantify your family, and you can't quantify and, and really put it down into objective measurements because people are so obsessed with their, their, their growth or how they can measure their growth compared to this church or the number of events that are going on or, or the length of the service or the the type of this or that. The reality is, is like what you're saying is much of this is mysterious and we don't know how it all happens, but the Lord works through all of this complex of relationships and family and through the word of God being spoken not only proclaim from the pulpit, but proclaim to each other mm-hmm. in those relationships. Um, yeah, a lot of and teaching. we don't like to. We, that takes time and effort, and it's also going to have fruit that you're not going to be able to see often. Yeah. And we that takes faith mm-hmm. then to be a part of a community like that. A lot of church teaching happens not on Sunday morning. It happens in life. You know, it happens as families are huddled together at a the death of a loved one. In and faith is really hitting hard at that point. You know, like. <laughs> holding to those promises that they that they know but that's kind of when the rubber hits the road you know i've had I've, i remember people used to ask me questions i can't remember if it was like sunday school or stuff but like would you be willing to take a bullet for jesus and i think i'd like to say yeah but i don't really know until the moment arises i'd like to i'd like to think so you know um but but until life happens until that comes into place i can't honestly give you an answer and it's it's kind of the same like when we as we have these relationships is when the stuff that we are reading in scripture becomes very real because we face financial struggle or we face difficulties or we face the joys we get great joys in life and we do that together 
is where, again, that's where people start to notice there's something different about that group, how they're handling these situations, how they're working through it, how they're still together relationally, like you were saying. And where that's where God a lot of times puts growth in our life. He and He says that right through suffering a lot of times, and that not just my suffering, but as I suffer with my family member who's going through suffering during this time, I grow and hopefully they grow as well during it. Um, and like you said, it kind of is mysterious, but the Bible—that's just how the Bible speaks of us as a as a family. Um, and so, again, that involves that involves time and. One of the things I wanted to bring up at the end of that time section, I talked about the military and how they make sacrifices and they, a good they leave their family, they leave their kids, they do all this. This is what harkens back to the message a couple of weeks ago talking about how the Bible teaches us that the family of God is is important in our life. And so I remember one of the I have I have a great father. I have a I have a great relationship with my dad, uh, very close to him. I, it'd be hard pressed for me to say anything bad about about my dad, and one of the ways he taught me the best is my dad would leave and go help people do stuff, much to my chagrin as a kid. It's like, what do you mean? You worked all week and now you're taking your Saturday. I thought you were going to hang out with me. I thought we were going to play basketball in the driveway. You know, I thought we were going to play football in the backyard or whatever it is. No, I've got to go help. You know, this lady rake her leaves. I've got to go. Back then, we had a a pretty bustling uh, ministry at the church of putting roofs on for people. There was a group of guys who did that, and my dad was part of that, and they'd go put roofs on for people, and he would be helping his friends. And I remember as a kid Can you that, give me the name and contact information <laughs> of all those people? <laughs> yeah. A lot of them are not with us oh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're with the Lord now. Mm. Um, but my dad was teaching me through that the importance of time, but not just that, the importance of, of church family. And also ministry. My dad wasn't a pastor, not a pastor. But I saw the importance. It's like he works all these hours, but yet he gives himself for this. And as a kid, that had an impact on me now at this age to remember that, right? To where when I look at my family, it's okay for me to tell my family at times, I have to go. I know you don't want me to. I know that you have this going on, but I have to go do this because our church family needs me now you know and while that hurts them and it might even hurt me or whatever uh, i think god uses that and that's that whole time aspect of trying to manage the time well there's just there's times i'm gonna have to tell the church family no because i gotta be with my kids or my wife there's times i'm gonna have to tell my wife and my kids no i can't do this i know you want me to because i gotta go do this Mm. right i gotta go help with this and uh these are good sacrifices to make, and we try to do them to honor the Lord, and we try to use wisdom in those instances. And that's what I would ask people to do with their time, yeah, be wise with it. The military example was such a great illustration of that because it, 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 it's exactly right of it is a huge sacrifice of time for a father to be away from his family for however long. And everybody knows that, but at the same time, everybody understands, and they see it as a worthy sacrifice you know, for that, that the family's willing to endure for that. They, they signed up for that. You know, they understand that. And, um, and I, it was, it was a good illustration. Mm-hmm. It was great. You know, we, I, I may never, uh, march, march in the infantry, infantry or ride or shoot the artillery <laughs> or fly or the enemy, but, but we're in the Lord's army. That's right. Um, <laughs> I know that's right. 
Yes, sir. That's a real song. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the, the Lord's kids. army. Kids song. Yes, sir. Huh? I'm in the Lord's. You're the leader of children's church, and you don't know the song. Scott, we sing that in children's church all the time. Oh, I made, yeah. and it had an impact. Yeah, that's good. Okay, third, Father we got to get going. This is gonna be a long one. Song? I've heard that one. The next one is uh, money. <laughs> right, we got Second Corinthians eight and nine talks about this. Other places as well that you could go, but. Uh, as a family, we devote money to each other. And the fact is, as a church, we come together, we hire pastors, we hire staff together, we decide ministry we're doing together, mission that we're doing together, buildings that we're going to build, properties that we're going to own. All this stuff gets done, at least in this church, congregationally, together. We, we vote and we choose these things. We use our leadership and hope that they will lead well and make good decisions. And the fact is, it costs money. And so as a family, we have to pool our money together. If we think this is important for it to get done, uh, you know, that's all there is to it. And, and so we, you can look in scripture and find very easily that giving to the church is, is part of this family. It's part of what we do. It's what we are called to do. And so we encourage people to do that. It helps with, like I said, all kinds of things. And so money, whether we like it or not, is necessary in, in ministry. And so we have to be faithful knowing that God has been generous to us. Again, this is is kind of the thought, right? God has been generous to us in creation. God owns all of creation. We believe everything is his. He, we believe that he loves us enough that he would send his son to die for us. Believe that he has good things for us, that he places us where he wants us. We have to understand that God has been generous and kind enough to give us homes and cars and clothes and all this stuff, but it's all his and he's done that. And if he wanted to make me a billionaire, he could do that tomorrow. He could also take it all away tomorrow. Whatever position God has me in is a position that I want to be thankful to be in because it's under God's plan. That doesn't mean I don't work to try to make more money or to have a better job or anything like that. There's nothing wrong with those things unless they start to dominate and take over our life and take the place of God. Uh, But when we start to grasp that it's all God's, that it's all his, when we give, it's not as difficult to give because it's his. And if he wants me to have it back, I'll have it back, right? If he wants me to get more, I'll, I'll get more. I understand that. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that we cannot deny is that God calls us to give to the church. And so we have to be faithful to do that. And especially when your church, when you're part of the church who decides you're going to have a lot of bills, you should help pay the bills, right? That's just that's just how it is. We, we pull our money together to do that. And so money is another one. Uh, the fourth one, prayer, care for each other. Uh, again, this is important. A lot of times this is done outside of the this building. It is done in this building, but a lot, sometimes outside of the, the building, people getting together uh, for Bible study or prayer, just getting together for coffee or for, to, for lunch or to hang out while the kids play, uh, whatever it might be. Um, this is an important aspect of of our family life is we're happy to see each other. We, we want to see each other when we see each other at the grocery store, we might not sit and talk for a half an hour, but it's, it's good to see them, right? It's good to say, hi, um, glad you are here or, or whatever the case might be, but then also praying for one another and lifting each other up as the Bible tells us to do. Bearing each other's burdens is something that we do. And a big way we do that is through prayer. You know, we pray for each other. We pray for each other's family and, uh, this, again, is an, an important thing uh, for us. One of the things I would encourage with this, I, I didn't say this, but I, I should have said this. Another thing that we should do with the family is talk well of the family. Now, that bothers me when I hear people talking bad about the family. Like, I can I, I can talk bad about one of my family members, you know, like this person. But when an outsider starts to talk bad, it's like, 
You don't. What you say about my mama? Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That is true. You know. I mean, there are things that I've heard my, that I would say about my kids. Like, gosh, look at him. He's being so lazy. But as soon as somebody else says, "Why is your kid so lazy?" You're like, "You shut up." <laughs> That's not your. You're not allowed to say that. Or, or be quiet. Be quiet. What you say yeah. right. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's what a pastor says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just something about that. But yet, again. We have great people in church, but I do often hear we just complain about our church family. Any little thing, right? It's it can be constant. I I remember I preached a sermon not too long ago on church unity and how we need to be there for one another. One of the first things people came up to me and complained about a song, and I'm like, what? What did you not just hear what we talked about? I mean, you're complaining, and I just asked us not to complain. Speak of the good things, right? <laughs> These are what we reflect on. This is what we talk about, and so. If we want to see our family grow, we want to see people be part of our family. We want to do all these things. If you talk bad about it all the time, why would anybody want to go? And so it does the exact it is the exact opposite of what Jesus said will reveal to the world that mm-hmm. we are his disciples. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it instead shows that it's a body full of division, of anger, of frustration with one another, which that's not to say that frustrations don't happen, sure. that incidents don't happen, Absolutely. that conflicts happen that need mm-hmm. to be resolved. They do need to be resolved, but there's a different there way the it. church handles those. Absolutely. Right? And so, Because mm-hmm. conflict happens inside of any family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just how it gets resolved uh, that that should be markedly different, yeah. markedly different, however you say that, yeah. to the rest of the world. Yeah. And, and yeah. so we need to make sure that our conversation is seasoned with grace and mercy and kindness as we get together for coffee, as we get together for lunch, as we get together with our kids, whatever it might be, you know, um, I just wanted to, I think that's a, I think that's an important part of it. I didn't mention that yesterday, but that's what the purpose of this. Something to say for this, the prayer and care that I was thinking of when you were talking about this is that prayer and care for one another, you can't do those if you're not giving of your time and you're not generous with your money. Yeah, it's all together. It's It all works together. Mm-hmm. You, A person here at MNBC cannot do this. I, I would say you can't really do this if you are a Sunday-only church attender. It's hard, yeah. Because you don't know anybody. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know what the needs are. You don't know what the, the, the care that you need to offer people are. You don't know what their needs are. Um. You know, I like that we get to share prayer requests on Sunday evening and pray for those corporately together because it, we keep each other in the loop. We pray for the same things over and over sometimes. We have prayer meeting on Wednesday night. You know, those who come to that prayer meeting, it's like you have the ability to get that church member's phone number and check in on them midweek. How did the meeting go, right? How did the interview go? Did you get the job? You know, uh, how's grandma or whatever? You just can't do this if you're not there, though. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying that every church member needs to do this with every church member. That's just not oh, going to happen for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just not. It's not doable. But you can't do it for anybody. That's right. If you're not there, yeah. And and I would also encourage if you're just doing it with your earthly family because they happen to be a part of your church. That's that's an issue too. Right? We we should stretch ourselves outside of that. The last thing is evangelism mission. We have the privilege of doing this as a as a family. We get to reach out to a lost world, and God happened to place us in Monroe, Michigan. At this point, right? This is where this is where we are, and so we get to reach out to the lost here, the hurting here, the needy here, and we get to do it together as a family. And so we have the privilege of being able to help people with benevolence needs. We get to do mission things in our local community. Um, 
And so that's an exciting thing to be to be a part of. And again, that takes money, it takes time, all these things. But we have the privilege of telling people about the love of Christ, which is which is free. That's a that's a free offer. They don't have to pay to be a part of that. We get to share with them this gospel message and trust that God will work in their lives and maybe bring more into the fold of our family. Uh, and that that's one of our one of our prayers and hopes. And so it's good that we get to get to live this out. We get to reflect the generosity of God uh, to each other, but also to the community around us. Yeah, the cool thing about the church is we have a really low bar of 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 membership. Um, because uh, it's, it's it's everybody who's a failure and a sinner and trusts in Christ, you get to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, and and also it's the ultimate handout program because that's all we're doing is handing out grace, handing out God's free offer mm-hmm. of, of forgiveness. So, I mean, it's not like you have to do something in order to earn to get into the group. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a total, um, everybody meets the requirements. And Sinclair Ferguson's book devoted to the church. He has, he talks about time and gathering and the important gathering. And at the end he puts an appendix. It's the rotary clubs membership, oh, yeah. membership, yeah. uh, attendance. And it's what you have to do in order to be a part of the rotary club. And it was like five pages of, of attendance, just talking about attendance, not money, not anything else. It's if you want to be a part of the rotary club, you have to attend this often this many meetings get excuses if you're not at the meetings this is a charitable club just to be a part of that people happily do that and like being a part of that you know and it's like we're coming to worship god together to work we're covenanting together to be the family of god we are the body of christ and we don't put all that standard do we but yet the church should be much more important than the rotary club Right than our life, much more important than these other things that lay down all of that stuff. And um, it was just interesting. It was a it was a good way I thought how he how he did that just to kind of to kind of think about it. Because honestly, in our tradition, the Baptist tradition, because we are autonomous, and we don't don't touch me, has bled into the individual members as well. That the individual members are autonomous, and you can't tell me what to do, which is wrong and not accurate. But they start to say that. Who are you to tell me when I can come to church or where I can go to church, right? Who Who is this? And it's like, well, we're family. And don't you want to be with the family? Don't you want to be with us? And you can also say, insofar as I'm telling you what God's word says, you've, you called me as a church to, to be the one to tell you that, right? To tell you, you, you called that's me. specifically the reason they're not. Is because they don't want to have to submit to that, right? Yeah, if you're not a member, of the, but yeah, but if you are a member, it's like you called me to to be the person to tell you what the Bible says about this matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it comes to yeah, yeah, the pastoral side of it, yeah. yeah. But I, I tried to get across too, just kind of in closing, like the importance of of being together, and uh, I want it to be a bigger deal when people leave the church. Like I, it always bugs me when people leave our church and they don't. I don't talk to them. They don't, they don't tell me. I don't know why they've done it. I don't know what's going on. I haven't had an opportunity to try to love them or care for them. They just want, they just leave. And to me, that's a big sign of a, you don't understand what the family of God is and what's happening here. Um, and I mentioned it's, it's like a divorce is taking place. And so it really needs to be something drastic. And I would say that to people of other churches, right? I mean, you shouldn't leave your church. You need to be there and be a part of it. That's your family. That's who God has given you. Uh, you have a pastor who loves you, right, who cares for you. You have church members, no doubt, who love and care for you. And so to squabble over something so much that you're going to leave, that has to be a big, it has to be something big, 
uh, going on there. And so uh, hopefully that's something we take we take serious because God has blessed us with these with church family, and uh, hopefully we hopefully we see it as the blessing uh, that it is, and how it's God extending His generosity again to us through each other. All right. Uh, next week is uh, society, state. So we'll look at that uh, together. So hopefully uh, you'll be here uh, this coming Sunday. It's shocking to me that we are like close to Thanksgiving. We were just in a staff meeting and they were sharing dates. And I'm like, yeah, we got time for that. And guess what? We don't. We don't have time because the time is upon us. Uh, I didn't realize that of where we are. Um, but uh, hopefully you're getting ready for the uh, holidays. You'll enjoy time here as a church family, but also with your earthly family as well and friends. And hopefully God, you'll see God's blessings in that as well. But we look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday as we gather together. But until then, we hope that you have a, a great week. God bless.